nine of the Cricket Her Weekly. A very happy Easter to those of you who celebrate Easter. And we have had a lovely weekend, including a very good Good Friday, which was spent watching our first live cricket of the season. And it was a great day for Sid in particular because it was Vipers v the Vipers at the Aegeus Bowl. So the Vipers won, Sid. Yeah, it was an inter-squad game and it was fun, wasn't it? Um, it was great to, you know, just be out there and sitting in the sun and watching some live cricket. It takes a bit of getting used to after watching on the television um, all winter. Um, but I just love watching in person. Um, and yeah, so inter-squad game for the Vipers. Yeah. Um, Tara Norris had a, had a good game. She took a bag of wickets. Um, Paige Schofield had a good game. She hit some runs quite quickly. Emily Windsor also had a good game. Knocking, knocking it around, but she's knocked it around and yet still scored a run of ball, running quite quickly. Kind of picking up where she left off in the RHF final in yeah. a way. Um, yeah, and good, good to catch up with everyone. So hello to Charlotte Edwards. Um, you know, she... Um, suggested that we might like to pick her squad for her because she was having too many problems picking the squad for going into the opening round of games <laughs> because they've got so many great players. Nice um, problem to have. So yeah, and we also saw Susie Bates there. She was um, there, she, yeah. was, she was there, so, and obviously we'll be seeing more of her later this summer, definitely at the Commonwealth Games and perhaps in some, you know, domestic cricket, you never know. Who knows? Okay, well that was a really nice start to the season. Um, Vipers looking good for their third successive Rachel Leo Flint Trophy final, Sid? Well, they've certainly got a very strong squad again, and I think that, you know, it will be a huge surprise if they're not in that top three, making it into the knockout stages. Of course, anything can happen there, as happened to Vipers in the T20 competition last year, um, but they're definitely going to be up there and round about. They're a, a strong team, and, you know, they're, they're looking good. Okay. Now, on to um, more international cricket news. Um, the ICC have recently concluded a board meeting. I think that actually they were wrapping it up round about the time that we were recording last week's podcast. So we're a few days behind with this news, but there were some quite important outcomes of that meeting. Um, a kind of slightly less um, kind of definitive outcome um, was that they uh, made an announcement about the Afghanistan Working Group, um, which uh, several months ago um, when um, things kind of went downhill in Afghanistan from a, um, a polit political perspective with the Taliban taking over. Um, there were obviously big question marks about what was going to happen to women's cricket in the country. Um, and the ITC kind of fudged it and said, oh, well, we'll set up a working group to investigate. Now, the working group has reported, Sid, um, and this is what was in the press release. The Afghanistan Cricket Board confirmed their continued commitment to developing women's cricket and will submit a full action plan and budget to do so to the working group, which will continue to monitor the situation and receive regular updates on its progress. Doesn't sound to me like that. <laughs> it's just, they've actually really said anything there. It's a very ICC kind of working group. I mean, I thing, like fudge as much as the next man, but I like the kind of fudge that you can eat from a, ba from a bag. It's very much what we predicted, isn't it? It's We set up a working group, they've gone off and, and spoken to some people and they've come back and they've said, oh, well, let's keep talking about it and having a nice chat about it. Perhaps we should set up another working group. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I suppose I wasn't really expecting anything different particularly, um, but it's quite frustrating because it just feels like, as you say, they're fudging it. They, they can't really be bothered to do anything, so they're just going to pay lip service to women's cricket and... Um, and it, as we said at the time that this happened, it really sets an example to other um, you know, countries who are either members of the ICC or want to be members of the ICC, that actually the ICC don't take the commitment to running a women's team properly and a women's setup properly seriously. That's meant to be one of the conditions for membership. But actually, um, if, you know, if, if Afghanistan can get away with 
not really doing anything, then so could anybody else. Yeah, and I accept that it's not an easy situation and that, you, you know, that, that there will be a lot of negative consequences to effectively killing the men's team as well. Um, but sometimes you have to take tough decisions and I would rather that the tougher decisions were taken, honestly, but, you know. Okay. I guess that in some ways we, it's, it's easy for us to sit and talk about that, um, but I think that it is a pity that, that they can't actually, you know, make, make anything definitive about the women's team there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on a happier note, a what happier else did they, note, what other news have they um, had for There us? was an announcement about the um, Under-19 Women's World Cup, the first ever. Um, it's obviously been delayed due to COVID. I believe it was meant to take place originally in 2020, was it? Um, or... Yeah, certainly maybe the tail end of 2020. I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what the show was, but I remember, I remember talking to Holly Colvin yeah. about it during the World 2020 in Australia. Yeah. And she was very excited about it. You know, that's that's obviously coming up and then it got flattened by COVID yeah. along with an awful lot of other stuff. Uh, but it's back and it it's, back. it's bigger than ever, Raph. Yeah. It's, it's going to so be it's gonna huge. Be it's going to be enormous. Yeah. So, well, it's going to be, um, they've said uh, the location and the date. So it's going to be in January 2023 in South Africa. If that sounds familiar, it's because that's right before the women's, the main women's T20 World Cup, and this will also be in the T20 format, which I guess isn't um, necessarily Not unexpected. Um, so that's going to be quite interesting. Interesting couple of months in South Africa, um, but as you say, yeah, big, big old tournament. I think they said 41 games. 16 teams that's a lot of teams isn't it and that's that's actually really interesting and really positive because what that suggests to me is that the icc have got much more of a long-term plan than we perhaps gave them credit for for building women, women's cricket over the longer term um so you know what they're saying is that at the moment you know in terms of the actual world cups you know we're, we're going to stick with our 10 team format for the t20 world cup you know we might look at upgrading to 12 mm. teams they kind of talked about that i don't know they've definitively said whether or not they will um, but longer term, they're obviously going, you know, we want to kind of pull in more teams. And that's yeah. going to give teams from all sorts of countries the, the opportunity to go there and compete. And those players, you know, those, those younger players, and we know now as well that it is going to be almost exclusively younger players. They're going to be quite restrictive about that under-19 thing. Um, you have to be under-19 in November. Um, so, okay. you know, it's, it's not going to be, you know, filled up with 24, 25-year-olds that sometimes wind up being in these sort of A-teams that people run. Um, it's going to be a genuine young people um, and genuinely, perhaps the most genuinely global e event, you know, in the mm. ICC era. Mm. Now, um, you know, a lot of these teams, you know, teams like the Netherlands that might qualify or Brazil or the United States. Um, some of these teams participated in women's cricket long ago, didn't they, Raf? Um, and, you know, teams like Denmark competed in World Cups and things. And then that kind of fell off, didn't it? Why was that? Why did those teams kind of fall out? We've always got a bit of a dilemma in these things. Um, how useful is it? So, and and what we might see in the Under-19 World Cup is um, Australia just smashing all comers because um, they are going to be so much better because they are more developed and they have got a better structure underneath. Um, and that's obviously going to be bringing through younger players. Um, so the biggest um, Women's World Cup that there ever was was the 1997 World Cup in India. Um, I think it was maybe 10 or 11 teams um, and it was so it was it was enormous and that did include teams like Denmark um, and I think at one point Japan were meant to be playing and then they pulled out um, so it was a kind of vision for a genuinely global tournament but what we saw at that tournament um, is that you know teams like Australia would come out and Belinda Clark that was when she made her famous double century um, in um in one of those world cup matches australia kind of absolutely smashed denmark um they made like 
350 or something and then bold Denmark out for a very small amount of runs and so often now when we're looking at World Cup records they are from that 97 World Cup because there were so many mismatches in terms of the teams at the top so your Australia's your India's your New Zealand's um, England to some extent although they didn't have a particularly successful World Cup in 97 um, and then you know the teams um, below that um, and actually how useful is it if you're Denmark and and you're experiencing just being absolutely battered. Um, I don't know how useful that is. Um, obviously teams in some of these um, associate nations would say, well, we don't care, we just want to be playing the best. Um, and so at this under 19 World Cup, they are gonna have an opportunity to do that. Um, but it was it was kind of the International Women's Cricket Council said after the 97 World Cup, well, actually we think that that was a bit pointless in some ways. So that's when it went down to being eight teams and that's what we've still got. Okay, but there's hope for the future that we can kind of build that up. Yeah. And I think that this kind of marks a line in the sand, if you like. And certainly, I mean, I, I would expect, I mean, I, I'm thinking that, you know, that England will probably be the second best team there. I mean, there's, there's obviously question marks about whether England will send uh, Alice Capsey and Grace Scrivens, whether there's any point in sending them, um, particularly if Alice Capsey, as hoped, will be playing in the proper T20 World Cup. You know, that's right afterwards. Will the ECB want to risk her potentially getting injured in that tournament? Don't know. Anyway, generally speaking, I expect England to probably be the second best side there, all things. And I still expect that England will get utterly smashed by Australia. I think Australia will be the best team at this World Cup by so far that it will in some ways feel a bit pointless. I'd expect to see you know, the, the Australian under-19s hitting scores of 350 in a T20 and then bowling. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some teams bowled out for 10 um, and that's going to happen, but it gives these players a chance to participate in that World Cup, to play against people that are more equal to them. Um, you know, if you can cope with that battering from Australia, you can cope with anything. Um, and you know, it gives you a chance to judge yourself against the very best in the world, which is what you really need to do. One of the big issues for anyone playing in an associate country is there are so few opportunities to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's all very well, you know, you can be the best player in your country, but in order to kind of judge where you are and to kind of really up your game, you know, it's not possible to do that unless you're playing yeah. the best. So I think it's a really exciting development and, you know, I'm looking forward. Hopefully we'll see lots of live stream yeah, uh, coverage of it yeah. and really looking forward to, you know, seeing how everybody gets on there. Um, I think that you might well end up having to eat your words about England being the second best team in an under-19 okay, World Cup. Um, what do you think? Well, India are going to have Shafali Verma, aren't they? And I know that people are saying on Twitter, what's the point in playing her? Um, she's already one of the best players in the world, like whether it's under 19s or over 19s, but the BCCI are going to want to win. And if they think that Shafali Verma is their ticket to winning the under 19 World Cup, they are jolly well going to play her. And they are not going to let any qualms about, oh, it's meant to be for people who haven't really played international cricket, let them get in their way of doing that. That's how the BCCI operate, I'm afraid. Um, and to be honest, I think that actually, in some ways, it makes sense because if Shafali Verma can have brilliant performances at the under 19 World Cup, then it's going to generate more interest in women's cricket in India. If they win it, then it's going to generate a huge amount of press coverage. Um, that's, that can only be good for Indian women's cricket. So why wouldn't you play her? Assuming that the ICC doesn't put in some kind of rule to stop it. And if you're the ECB, therefore, 
Why would you not play Alice Capsi? I'm sorry, but I don't accept your argument about oh well she might get injured. She might get in. She might she might trip over a ball at Loughborough in the indoor might nets and break her ankle. Exactly, these things happen. But what what better way to warm up for um, a kind of proper full T20 World Cup than playing in South Africa on the same you know in the same ground potentially even on some of the same pitches. Um, a month beforehand in an under 19 World Cup, it would be the best warm up that she can get. She'll go. She would go into the actual thing totally in tune, much more than any of the um, of the other players. So of course they're going to play Alice Capsi. Why would you not? Doesn't make any sense if they don't. Okay. Well, we'll see, and we'll see if you know if she Charlie plays for India. Certainly, I agree that um, the, the one circumstance in which I can see potentially Australia getting beaten in the final is if they come up against India and Shafali has a good day and you know hits. 150 off yeah. 40 balls and you know that, that's going to be the one circumstance which might cause Australia to to not win the tournament but yeah. otherwise I think that well, I think if the ICC don't want this to happen then they need to be stricter about their criteria don't they um you know they could even put in a, a rule that says that nobody who's named in the squad for the under 19 world cup can then be named in the squad for the for the full world cup a month later but they haven't done that there doesn't seem to be any signs that they are going to do that yeah it's difficult. I mean, we talked about maybe introducing a rule um, that said that nobody that's played a full international um, can play in the Under-19 World Cup. But as Hypercourse pointed out on Twitter, that does actually ex is going to wind up excluding a pile of players yeah. from the likes of, you know, Brazil and, or Argentina or yeah. USA and things um, that really would benefit massively from that experience. So creating those hard and fast rules does does create problems. So. You rely on the individual cricket board's discretion. And I think that the discretion of the, the individual cricket boards is going to be, we want to win this thing. Okay, well, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And we have also had a big bit of news closer to home this week. Um, quite sad news in a way, but maybe not necessarily unexpected. Um, Anya Shrubsole has announced her retirement from international cricket. Obviously, um, you know, she's been a brilliant bowler for England for many, many years now. How many years is it? 14 years she's been playing international cricket, I think I read. or something. Um, and that is just a, um, a hugely lengthy career. Um, she's been part of a, um, you know, a kind of very famous um, new ball partnership with Catherine Brunt. Um, but we are not going to see her playing international cricket anymore. So um, not... A massive surprise, Sid, perhaps? Well, in some ways, not a surprise at all in that she'd already effectively been retired from T20 at the international level. Yeah. I mean, it's ironic that a lot of these players are retiring from T20 at the international level mm. and probably the only time we'll see them now is in T20s. Um, but Anya hadn't played a T20 since the um, infamous Icebox series at Derby. Um, which, <laughs> so of course, cool. you covered for the Guardian. So cool, because it was so... Cold. So this was the series between England and the West Indies played during the, the sort of height of the COVID pandemic yeah. in 2020. Yeah, September 2020. September 2020. Um, and they put all of the press So that was the last away. time she played yeah. uh, an international T20. Um, but obviously she'd been, you know, she would, she, she's played most of England's games in the ODI yeah. um, formats. She's played the tests since then. Um, and, you know, definitely a, a player, perhaps not quite a great player, but definitely a player who achieved great things. Mm. You know, the, 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 high, the high moments of her career, so she was player of the tournament in the T20 World Cup in, in Bangladesh, yeah. was it? Um, so, you know, and then, of course, you know, that World Cup final moment. Um, Ralph, I wrote a, a piece on the blog about kind of my special memories about Anya and a couple of things that I, you know, seen and about her. So you guys can go and read that. Mm. Ralph, what's what are your kind of 
special memories about her over and above kind of that sort of the thing that everyone's writing about is the World Cup final. What, what, what? Oh, that's a great question. I didn't, I didn't realise you were going to ask me that one, Sid. Um, special memories. I think um, I remember interviewing her um, when I did the... So when it was the 2017 World Cup and... Um, uh, they were putting the ICC were putting the, the special program together, a commemorative program for the event, and I interviewed her um, before that because they wanted to do a kind of piece on talking tactics or something, and it was about how you bowl in ODI cricket. Um, and I just remember this was very much aimed at new cricket fans exactly. that they hoped to be coming in through the gates. Yeah. And they were giving away these programs for free, yeah. and so, that and so it this was, was a... something to help you get into the game. Right, kind of exactly. So it was how the bowlers bowl at different phases. So how do they bowl in the first ten overs? How do they bowl in the middle overs? And how do they bowl in the death overs? Um, and um, I'd got had this interview lined up, um, and I and it was right before the World Cup, and I was like, oh, she's probably not going to be that into it um, because she's going to be thinking about like, you know. Playing, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I was a bit nervous about it. Um, and she was just so brilliant. Like she, we were, I think we just did it over the phone, but we were on the phone for like half an hour and she was so helpful. She, like, she was like, oh, and you should, you should talk about this and I do this and Catherine Brunt does this and these other bowlers might do this and, and um, just gave a really, really thoughtful insight. And I took something away from it as somebody who's followed cricket for many years. It came out really well as the piece um, for kind of aimed at, as you say, aimed at beginners because she was able to explain it in a really great, great way. I think she make, she would make a brilliant coach because she knows how to explain things simply. She's um, been such a great mentor to some, yeah, some of the so players sorry, that are currently just, coming through can, the system yeah, as can well. Can I just finish the story? Of course. Um, and yeah, I just... I was just so struck by what a thoughtful, intelligent person that she was and how prepared she was to kind of go out of her way and spend time talking to me um, about this thing that, you know, for her, you'd think that she would have had other things on her mind. So I suppose that's that's my abiding memory of her. Yeah, I know that, that Lauren Bell in particular, that, that we know reasonably well, um, you know, sees her as mm. someone that's that's a bit of a mentor yeah. and she's given, she's very good at giving advice to Lauren, not, not in a patronising way, but in a, you know, Try this, try that, yeah. you know, try and, you know, build, building, you know, her knowledge by kind of passing on her, yeah, passing on her knowledge to the next generation. Yeah, and similar to Freya Davies at, at Storm when they played there together for many years. It's kind of, yeah, it's sort of nurturing the next generation. And I think what I will say is that I think that she's been very astute and she's gone at the right time. Um, and I, I tweeted this when she announced her retirement. Basically, um, you know, it's a really difficult decision knowing when's the right time to hang up your boots. And I think she's got it exactly right. Um, she realises that um, you know, international cricket's moving on. She's perhaps not as fit as she once was. Um, and it is a struggle to maintain that fitness if you're an elite cricketer, um, an elite athlete of any kind. And, and she's sort of seeing that the next generation are coming through. And she's almost kind of taken that decision on, on behalf of the England management and gone, actually, no, I realise that we need to be bringing through the next generation of fast bowlers now. It's time for me to step down. Um, and she's done that rather than um, waiting for them to kind of force her out um, and then so she's made that tricky decision for them and I think that that's quite a selfless thing to do um, it's not it's not all about her it's kind of it's selfless in the sense of it's partly about the team as well um, and that's Anna Shrubsole isn't it so good yeah, for her very much a team player and very much, not someone that actually enjoys the limelight very much she, she, does, she doesn't want to be the person in the spotlight particularly it was interesting to her that uh, her social media showed that the day that the retirement was announced she, she knew when it was going to be announced she and her family went off into the mountains, looked like they were in Wales from the pictures, but they didn't say exactly where they were, but somewhere like that, they went off into the mountains for a long hike, 
you know, just like completely get away from it. We're going to be, you know, there won't be any 3G coverage. Yeah. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll be somewhere else. The world can let that play out and I'll just, you know, be with my family and, you know, that's that's where I want to be. So kind of very grounded person and someone yeah. that, that had never enjoyed the spotlight, but you know, it was forced on them by just, just how good they were. So what do we think she might do next, Sid? Because I think there was a bit of a hint in the press release about this. Oh, what do you think then, Raph? What do you think the press release was hinting at? Well, there was a quote from Claire Connor about we look forward to seeing what she has to offer the game in um, the, you know, the months and years to come or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote, but there was a really strong hint that she's going to take up some kind of job within cricket and perhaps within the regional system somewhere doing something and um, as I say I think that she'd be a really good coach because she knows how to explain things properly so it's possible that she might be doing something like that so and we know that she's going to keep playing for um she's going to keep playing domestic cricket in particular I saw that she is going to keep captaining the brave in the hundred um so we're still going to see her um so it kind of makes sense in a way for her to to maybe carry on doing something within cricket okay well watch this space we'll find Absolutely. out Okay, well, that's all for today. Not quite yeah. as long as last week's marathon. But... <laughs> People will probably be relieved. Yes. For the next 10 minutes, you can go off and have a coffee and do something interesting. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, we'll see you this time next week. Bye for now. Bye.